Hey, y'all. It's Taylor. Just wanted to hop on real quick and give a shout out to Amy Rachel for that five-star review. We appreciate you, girl. Also wanted to let y'all know that Fat People's Opinions now has an Instagram page where you can be part of the conversation. So follow us on Instagram. We'll be posting about each show every week so that you guys can give us your opinions on the topics. All right, let's start the show. Hey, welcome back to Fat People with Opinions. This is Isaiah. <laughs> Why you always sound so over it? <laughs> because that's my natural orientation to the world. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I'm Taylor Renee, and I've got a lot to say. We have a lot to discuss, okay? So we just need to get right into it. How was your week? Um, It was all right. My week has been so nothing. I have nothing to report. Nothing has happened. <laughs> my week has been... Ellipses. <laughs> Nothing. 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 I mean, you're like semi-sickly. Are you okay? Yeah, but I don't think it's sick. I think it's like stress and like allergies are just catching up to me. I just can't breathe through my nose well right now. Mm-mm. Have you tried like sitting in some steam or? No, I haven't really done anything. <laughs> <laughs> so you're just going to suffer and complain yeah, about it. I'm like the worst when it comes to getting sick. I'm just like It'll be over eventually. <laughs> I don't usually take medicine. Yeah, I'm very much that too. You know, I wholeheartedly believe that the government is trying to kill us through our... No, I'm playing. Let me not say, <laughs> let me not say things like that. Conspiracy theories with Isaiah Jihad. Mm-mm, no. Um, yes, no. Mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> I don't take medicine that much either. I would rather just like let my body do its thing. Mm-hmm. Drink a lot sorry. of water. I'm sorry, friend. Hopefully you feel better. Thank you. You're welcome. My week so far, it's actually been pretty good now that I think about it. Like, I went to the gym today. Duh. It's a regular day. (laughs) I went to the gym today. Today, I actually went to the gym late, so I was like low-key rushing through my workout, but I accomplished a lot for it being like a, a late start. I did 208 floors on the stairs. 208. I thought you were shooting for 215. Bro. I mean, I'm supposed to be doing 210 on the regular. However, this shit is hard, okay? <laughs> and I feel I like, mean, I know. <laughs> and I feel like I'm on the brink of death. Like, I'm really fighting. I see the Grim Reaper at least multiple times during the workout. <laughs> like, yeah, because you do it for a whole 30 minutes. I'm at the like consistently hitting 30 floors in 10 minutes situation. And then I'm, okay. done. I'm done after 10 minutes. So I'm not staying on here for one minute longer. Well, here's something that I've actually been realizing lately. A lot of this, a lot of cardio, cardio is really mental. It really is. All of it is truly mental. I mean, obviously your body feels like, okay, you know, death is looming. <laughs> However, I feel like if you, what I've realized is if I have some sort of visual stimuli, that helps me not look at the time. So I'm either watching Charmed, okay, because that usually comes on the time that I'm at the gym. I'm watching Charmed, or I'm my new thing is watching anime clips. So today I was watching Bleach. And what I learned is when I'm on the stair stepper, if I have some sort of visual stimuli, I don't pay attention as much to the timer. So that helps me... That kind of suspend my pain. I too. tried to do that. Like, I tried covering the timer with, like, my jacket I, or a towel. I listen to music. I try watching TV while I'm doing cardio, but I, I literally just want it to stop. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do it anymore. I want it to be over. <laughs> That's why I had 10 minutes. Pushing to 10 minutes is really, like, pushing it for me because after like two minutes i'm like no i'm good this is dumb i don't know why i'm up here and that's how i started when i used to work at when i used to work out at planet all the time i when i first started doing the stair stepper i was always like what's the word i'm looking for apprehensive to do the stair stepper because it's just like a daunting machine and I told myself, okay, here's how we're going to start. If you can do at least five minutes, then you that your reward is that you can get on the treadmill. Like, you know what I'm saying? If you can do five minutes, then your reward is that you can finish your remaining 30 minutes on the elliptical. So then what I would do is I would extend that time over time. So you can do 10 minutes, do two more minutes, and then the rest of your workout, you can do whatever you want to do. Here's the issue that I had. <laughs> 
I'm doing these two extra minutes on the stair climber to then reward myself with more cardio. No, fuck that. I don't want to do that. (laughs) Well, it could be a cardio that you like. Is there any kind of cardio that you like? Ooh, there's a cardio that I dislike the least. (laughs) I would say doing like a hit workout. I'm cool with that. Mm -hmm. I can incorporate cardio into that. That's fine because then you're only doing like 30 second bursts of that cardio. So then doing sprints then saying, okay, I'm going to do 12 minutes on the stair stepper, but then I'll do sprints where I do 30 seconds going hard and then do like a minute break. I hate running, honestly. Like I can do jump squats. Those are fine. Boom. Okay. Um, Like toe taps on like a step. Mm-hmm. Those are cool. I don't really do be doing that Instagram body shit. Like, I really don't. <laughs> I'm really, like, if I ever were to release, like, any kind of fitness page, people would not buy my shit because it would be really simple. Get your ass on the stair stepper. Get your ass on the treadmill. Put that fucking incline up, bitch. And then you're going to be on this bitch for 30 minutes. You better find a Lifetime movie. You better find a series that you wanted to catch up on, bitch, because this is what you're going to be doing. And then we're going to get into the body. We're going mm-hmm. to lift. That's going to be it. Like <laughs> No, I have to keep myself entertained i need to be just doing something different every like two to three minutes i can't do the same thing i'm gonna want to be done Mm-mm. see this is this is how this is, we're built differently <laughs> we're built, we're, what is, yeah, our workouts he, would look quite different <laughs> what did he say we're cut from two different cloths okay <laughs> we are not birds of the same feather okay because i i don't know i just like the idea of getting into a routine and then being able to just get comfortable in that routine Mm-mm. even though like now it's kind of People say that once you get too comfortable that you're, you experience a plateau and then your results kind of. See, but I'm not even talking about results. Like I Diminish. Once I get into a routine and I'm comfortable, I'm like, okay, well, I don't have stay to home out. today. <laughs> right. I was comfortable yesterday, so I need to go and be comfortable again. I can stay comfortable in bed. So then, yeah, you just need some different things different stimuli different workouts i mean that's what instagram is really really good for i follow yeah. a whole bunch of the the fitness girls and these little workouts y'all be doing there's this one fitness person that i follow his name is Wusa on instagram Wusa. and first of all this nigga has no waist like he literally is shaped like um you remember those insects from Men in Black? The um, mm-hmm. he's he's giving me that. Like he's very <laughs> much so giving me that. Like his shape is really dramatic, and that like he has a lot of hip, and he's very muscular in terms of his lower body. He has no waist, and he's very like slim up top. But his exercises are so creative. I don't know how he came up with half this shit. And then, like he'll do he'll like balance on the little half balls that they have in the gym. Not the, the two balls. Is that what they're called? Yeah. Okay. Bosu. Bosu. The Bosu balls. He'll bounce like one leg on there and then do like a um one legged um th- like what is it called? Deadlift, one legged deadlift. And I'm like, bitch, hand eye coordination is a thing <laughs> that I do not have. You're also squeezing your butt cheeks that whole time. And I'm also like, so when you fall off this ball. Or is the gym going to pay for your (laughs) medical procedure? No, I'm pretty sure in your contract it says they're not liable for shit like that. Also, if you can't balance on it, you probably shouldn't be on it. Right. (laughs) I remember I was at the gym and there was this man who legitimately, and this is no lie when I tell you. Do you know the, um, what are they called? The kettlebells. Kettlebells. Mm -hmm. You know the top part of the kettlebell that kind of looks like a purse? Mm -hmm. Purse handle? Mm -hmm. My baby was bouncing on that like he had one foot he had oh, two he had of them a foot on it he had both of his feet on the kettlebell um bag thing Mm-mm. and i'm sitting here like again death is looming yeah my cousin's best friend is a personal trainer oh and i see her videos all the time and she's like doing one-handed handstands on the kettlebells and like handstand push-ups off the kettlebells and i'm just how how is your body suspended in the air right now? Like, does gravity not affect you the way it affects me? Because ain't no way. Also, are you a ninja? Like, <laughs> bitch, I don't understand how you're capable. I don't understand how you're capable of doing these things. I remember I went to another gym when I was just like, oh, let me take advantage of this free promotion and do <laughs> and go to the gym and experience like a different ambiance. become a white girl in the city? 
<laughs> because I was, I felt real good about myself. I got I saw a coupon. I was like, bitch, let's go. <laughs> so I went there and this man was legitimately doing a handstand while walking on the treadmill. Like he was doing That's that. Ho- doing the most. And I'm like, again, death is looming. Because if your face <laughs> goes into this treadmill, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> I don't want to laugh, but like Jesus. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do because I might just fall off the stair stepper myself because I'm just in in awe and utter shock at what's going on. But that's been my week so far. I mean, I could complain about work, which could also be another segment that's where I complain about work, but I won't do that. Well, I'm going to do it. Hold on. I'm going to do it. Okay. I don't understand... How people can talk themselves into anger. Follow me here. Okay. So I'm on the phone, right? For all all of you who don't know, I work in a call center, a.k.a. doing the devil's work. And... Are we all? (laughs) Doing doing literally the work of, you know, the four four horsemen. Lucifer himself. Okay. And... I I had to take supervisor calls. So I'm the bitch when somebody says, I want to speak to your supervisor. I get on the phone. Okay. Hi. <laughs> this is me. I'm on the phone. You, you've received him. Mm-hmm. And, and I am here. So I'm talking to this lady today. It essentially, I'm affirming her in everything that she is saying in her, her, her grievances and what she is experiencing in terms of anger related to what she called in for, I'm affirming her and I'm saying, I see where you're coming from. I hear you. We have a solution for that. In my description of what it's going to take to have this solution, you know, come to be, I'm explaining to her what the next steps will be, right? Then she goes on this whole tirade and essentially she's like talking herself into anger. And then it gets the point of conversation. I sneeze. I didn't, I don't, I'm not, I'm sneezing. And most of the time I can catch it and mute, mute my phone so that they don't hear it on the line. This time I didn't because it was a sneeze. So <laughs> it wasn't like I, I chose to sneeze at that moment. Then she decides that she wants to get upset and say, because at this point in the conversation, she was looking for something on her end that she was trying to provide me information for And she was like, oh, and I was like, oh, take your time. Don't worry about it. I can sit here. So she hears me sneezes, hears me sneeze. She hears me sneeze. And she's like, I just heard you yawn. You're rushing me. You're yawning. First of all. (laughs) And I'm sitting here like, no, you're incorrect. This (laughs) this was, in fact, a sneeze as it came from my body. It was not a yawn. Even if it was a yawn, I don't control those things. They just happen. And then also... Find what the fuck you're looking for so you can get off my line, okay? <laughs> uh, so you can get off my line. And I was like, oh, no, take your time. It's okay. I, again, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a yawn. It was a sneeze. And she was like, why do you, I just get anxious when people, like, are rushing me? And I feel like I heard you yawn. I'm like, madam. I'm telling you that I didn't. Like, this was truly a point of contention for her. And I'm whole moment and during the conversation where I had to explain to her, it was not, you know... It was not a sneeze. It was not a yawn. It was a sneeze. Like, physiologically, <laughs> my body did not experience, you know, the, the precursors of a yawn. It experienced a sneeze, okay? <laughs> Meaning that there was an abrupt motion, you know, from my nostrils. I don't know what the fuck I said on the song. <laughs> but then, <laughs> and then, like, when I'm closing the call, I'm explaining to her, okay, what the next steps are. And then she says... She's like, well, I, she kept saying, I'm not retarded. I don't use this word. I'm just quoting what she said specifically because I was explaining to her. And I was like, nobody said that. <laughs> Again, projection, projection will have you looking crazy. It will really have you out here looking crazy because nobody said that. <laughs> so when you're saying something that is not, you know, contextually relevant to the conversation, it makes me think that that is an insecurity for you. You actually do think that you're that. Because why are you saying this in the context of the conversation when nobody said that, sis? It's called a Freudian slip. So she decided to say that. I was like, okay, well, you know, nobody said that, sis. And then she also, just she just was talking to herself in anger, talking herself into being angry. And it got to the point in the conversation where when people get like that, I don't say anything. (laughs) I just sat there in silence. And I was like, okay, well, is there anything else I can do? (laughs) 
is there anything else I can do oh for you gosh. today? And she was like, no. And I was like, well, you have a wonderful day. <laughs> no. <laughs> because I didn't know what else to say. But <laughs> the, the moral of the story is, if, if, if it's not a two-way conversation where somebody is, like, antagonizing you and making you angry, please develop self-awareness <laughs> so that you can understand how you are actually making yourself angry. And where to then place that anger? Because I didn't bring it about, sis. You did. So don't bring it to me. Because I'm going to be completely indifferent to your <laughs> anger. I'm just going to sit here and, like... I don't really know what kind of response you want from me, sis, but it's not going to be the one that you want because I'm not going to entertain. The, I'm, I don't argue with people on the phone. I'm like, okay, well, this has been lovely. I really appreciate your contribution on this call. The bill How, is still due. <laughs> and, and we look forward to, again, the, the devil's work. We look forward to your payment. But that's been my... Mm. I don't think I could do that job because I cry too easily and we will both be on this phone crying together <laughs> i remember one time i got a call from this lady and essentially she had i don't know if this is a hipaa violation but i'm not ex- exposed exposing any kind of like personal information yeah you don't know who she is right she received a bill for a miscarriage and it was like a nine thousand dollar bill oh my god and I'm sitting here like, she's like, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, girl, I don't know what's going to happen either. We're just crying on the phone together. <laughs> like at this it point. It would be me on every call. <laughs> she was like, a, she experienced a miscarriage. And she was explaining how like her receiving the bill was just a, a, a like a reminder of everything that she went through. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is what you need to do, girl. Okay. You need to go contact this number, contact this number, see if they can do anything. You need to appeal this with your insurance. Meanwhile, I know the place I work for was not going to reduce this bill, even though it was $9,000, which again, this is why I'm anti-capitalist because why would you ever have to pay $9,000 for a miscarriage? Right. For a baby you didn't get to take home. That sounds terrible to say it that way, but like for what? Why am I paying that much? It, It was horrible, but... Again, the devil's work. I had to kind of, you know, figure out a way to get her to a different department so that she could potentially pursue other, like, financial assistance options. But that shit is wild, like, and emotionally draining sometimes. So I can understand where you're coming from. $9,000. $9,000. Bitch, I be seeing bitches with, like, $20,000 bills for hospital bills. Which is crazy because, like, I can't go get help. Because I can't afford it. That's insane. I could really go on a rant, but we won't. No, we wanted to introduce a new segment, right? A new segment that we're going to call Popcorn. Mm -hmm. It's going to be about pop culture and the corny shit that happens inside of it. Come on. Come on. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to talk about T.I. And here's the thing. We addressed this situation when it first happened we just that that segment just never actually made it into an episode that you guys have heard yet so i'm going to insert that part right here so did you see the fuck shit that ti is talking about i want to leave i want to leave i knew one of y'all was gonna bring it up i want to leave i wasn't going to bring it up because it really didn't have anything to do with the episode that we planned for today but but... what is an episode that we planned for today For those of you who don't know, T.I. recently did an interview, a podcast interview, where he said that he accompanies his 18-year-old daughter to the gynecologist so that he can make sure that her hymen is still intact. And he said that when he, when he was in the gynecologist recently, the gynecologist told him that there are other ways that a hymen can break, bike riding, horseback riding, sports. And his response <laughs> <Sports>. was, <laughs> his response was, she don't ride no bikes. She don't ride no horses. She don't play no sports. Now give me my results. My results. Sir, you have a gynecologist. You were the one with the appointment. You were not. She's 18. And even if she weren't 18, it is her body. How dare you think that you have any entitlement to any of her results? How dare you think that you have any right to tell her when and she when she can and cannot have sex? I mean, I think that's part of it. I think, obviously... Parents feel a certain amount of, and this is wild because we really need to unpack this because your children are not your property. Really, let's at be, all. It, it, I mean, you're you're not yeah, obligated. Right you're not obligated or entitled to any other human being, regardless of whether or not you produce them. That's just the law. <laughs> That's <laughs> the law. The, the law. That's just the facts. You're not entitled. You're not. You don't own another human being. So Period. you're not entitled to any kind of their information. They're providing this to you. I mean, really, up until you're 18, whatever. But it's like, 
we need to really have a conversation as a culture about what it means to parent and like what it means to and specifically in the age of social media, the age of 2019, like what does it mean to have healthy conversations with children about sexuality? Okay. See, but I'm I appreciate the the take that you have on this. Mm-hmm. I appreciate everything that you're saying and I agree. But my thing is what he's doing is not rooted in parenting. It's rooted in sexism. Okay. Okay. I hear you. Because he's not doing the same with his boy yes. children. Yes. Because I yes. specifically remember sitting on my couch watching an episode of that god awful show that he has, mm-hmm. his reality show, where either King Family Hustle or something like that. Mm-hmm. Either King or Damani. I can't remember which one was like getting in trouble at school or something. And it was because he was messing with some girl and tip was like encouraging it. Like, Oh, my son ain't a virgin no more. My I son remember, be- sorry. I remember reading the article on Madame Noir and they said specifically that it, there was a scene where tiny talked to one of the children. I don't know these children's names. I'm sorry. <laughs> talked to one of the children and the, the child had informed her that, she he had had sex, but mm-hmm. he was no longer a virgin, and he was like sixteen at the time. And she was upset about that, but Tip was like, "He's a boy. Boys, boys do that." I want to throw every single cellular See, device that, that I have at my disposal. Whole context of that changes the whole context. Well, it really shouldn't because, because it's not right in any situation. I'm just saying that this specific one is rooted right. in sexism. No, it's and, not rooted no, in possessiveness. Like I could, I could, I could. And then you're gonna come back to the present with me now and we're going to talk about the new developments of it because it has gotten worse. Come on, we love new developments, bitch. Journalism, let's go. So, T.I. did the Red Table Talk recently, which is with Jada Pinkett Smith and Jada's mom and usually Willow. Willow was not present for this interview and I feel like that was on purpose Mm. because Willow would have ripped this man to shreds. Mm -hmm. As as she should. Mm -hmm. He goes on the Red Table Talk and basically reneges on everything mm-hmm. says that he never said that it's a right now thing and that he never said he was in the room with them and that he was just joking and it got taken way out of context right for those of you who don't know what gaslighting is this is what it is this right is a textbook <laughs> example of it because you said something and now you're trying to make me feel crazy mm-hmm. and act like you'd never said it it's bullshit. In his original interview, he said yearly trips. We take yearly trips from the time she was 16. Yearly. That means every year mm-hmm. from the time she was 16. And then he ended that conversation with, so as of her 18th birthday, she is still a virgin. And let me also just interject really quickly where he would, he he took ownership. He said, where are my results? Right. He, where are my results? His results. But it was a joke. It was taken out of context. And I don't like that. And this is the thing that really irritates me about T.I. And again, we I kind of discussed this the last time we talked about it. But we really give this man a lot. And, and even in his response, it's like he is stringing words together. And, and people are giving him a lot of grace because he can string a sentence together and kind of sound semi the fuck intelligent. But when you're actually looking at what he's saying, essentially he was like... Every everyone, it was hyperbole. Everyone just took it too far and leaned too much into what I was saying. But I meant it was meant to be like an embellished thing. And I'm sitting here like, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. You, <laughs> so you're lying. <laughs> like you're so lying. It's, so it's either the case that you lied when you said the thing that you said that you do yearly, or is it the case that? You're lying now. You're lying now when you're saying that it actually isn't that serious. I was just joking about it because you saw the outrage and you saw that people was like, this nigga's fucking crazy. Why would he ever care so much about his daughter's hymen and be willing to put all of her sexual information out here for us to know what her hymen is doing? What her hymen is doing. That is a weird ass sentence. Right. And the very fact that we have to say things like that should let you know that this man is stupid. It's really wild. And I saw clips of it and I was like, to the average, not knowing anything about anything, nigga, this would read as, so y'all are just too sensitive. Right. So that's where I wanted to go with this. I wanted Mm -hmm. to talk about like the role of the black father Mm. in the black family. Come on. And how it is seen by the black man. Because I think, especially from what T.I. said, 
is that his role in his family structure mm-hmm. is to ensure that his daughters are safe. Mm-hmm. And by ensure that his daughters are safe, he means their virginity, that mm-hmm. they are pure women until it's time for them to be someone else's problem, essentially. Mm-hmm. That's not what fatherhood is. Right. And I feel like a lot of people, a lot of black men feel like that's what fatherhood is. And that it's not. It's not <laughs> at all. And it's so just so interesting because it's actually is related to a podcast I was listening to. So I started listening to Hor- Horrible Decisions podcast. Shout out to them. And they recently, I started, I'm a weirdo. So I like to listen to things. For, I'm a completionist. So I like to listen to things from, from the beginning, even if it's the case that it's like, they're five seasons into something. So I'm starting this from the beginning. And this is an early episode that I was listening to. It was like episode two or whatever. And they had two like black cis het men on the show. Well, I'm assuming that they're cis and definitely heterosexual because they talked about how they don't want to do homosexual activity. But essentially, a lot of how the context of the conversation was them like these two women, the host, probing their minds to kind of get an idea of, like, what the mind of a man is, specifically a cis, het, black man. Mm-hmm. And in that conversation, they were talking to them, and one of the things that emerged was that they feel like when they're in a relationship, this is related. I'm going to get to the point where it's related. When they're in a relationship with a woman, they're kind of, they see them as theirs, they see them as mm-hmm. their, they use the word mine a lot in that this person <laughs> who they have developed this connection with that's very specific to their relationship, that person is theirs. Like property mm-hmm. is what I got from it. And I'm sitting here and it's like, that's completely related to the mindset of a black father once he has a daughter as well. Because it's like, this person is mine and an extension of me. So I feel like I can approach on their privacy, approach mm-hmm. on their you know, um, to me, safety at this point, because you're inviting this person. It's crazy how you could think that you're protecting them by checking their hymen. But then when you're publicizing about the status of their hymen, you're then allowing people the to whole comment. world <laughs> to comment on her per like her personal stuff. Right. And that is unsafe. T.I. said something along the lines of, he didn't understand how in a world where the black woman is the least protected person in the world, mm-hmm. why he was getting so much flack for protecting his black woman. Talking about Deja, his child. Mm-hmm. And to an extent, like I understand that that idea, that mm-hmm. thought. But what you're what you're doing is not protecting her, one. And she's not a piece of property that you can like put in a drawer to protect from being stolen. She has to have agency over her own body. And the only thing you can do is educate her on what certain choices are going to result in, in her life. You can't then control the choices that she makes. It really just demonstrates how niggas are really simple because Mm -hmm. in his mind, he is protecting her by checking her hymen to ensure that she's not having sex because he understands and conceptualizes virginity as safety and not having sex as safety where it's like i don't understand where the the logic is there because it's like those two things there's not a logical sound (laughs) connection between those two things because it's like she could be out here having a, a a loving caring relationship with someone and that ends in them having sex and she feels completely safe with that person mm-hmm. i mean she's 18 years old now so i mean she, that could be something that she's involved in i just don't understand how in your mind virginity is equal to safety i mean yes when you think about it it's like okay well she's not going to be exposed to any kind of STIs or, you know, STDs if she's abstinent. But it's also like... I don't feel like that's what he was thinking about. Right. You're not thinking about that. Your mind is... I need to have this pure woman to hand off to another man. Right. That's what it... And I'm sorry to you. That is what it feels like. It feels like you don't care. And and it also doesn't feel like you actually care about Deja. It feels like you care about you. Yeah. It feels like... Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The idea that he could possibly be ridiculed in the event that she does lose her virginity early or gets pregnant early. And right. it's a, you didn't, you didn't protect her from getting pregnant or you let her go out there and get pregnant when it's like, first of all, that onus is not on you. The only right. thing you can do is educate her. Like I said. Mm-hmm. And second of all, 
we need to unlearn that shit. Like right. it's it's not the black father's fault that their daughter gets pregnant, first of all. And their daughter getting pregnant is not inherently a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And also trust in your parenting. Because to me, it's the, again, projection will have you out here looking crazy. It shows to me that you're insecure about your parenting, that you don't trust your daughter to make decisions without you having to be so intrusive. Because mm-hmm. if it were the case that you did trust her, then you could lead and you felt like in your child rearing abilities, you felt really confident in them that you wouldn't have to go that far in order to ensure that she's not having sex, especially when you're so willing to disregard all of the other facts, like <laughs> the fact that her hymen could tear from, you know, athletic activity, horseback running, all the other shit that they mentioned. The fact that you could have hardcore penetrative sex and not have your hymen tear. And the fact that you could be sucking dick, you could be getting your ass ate, you oh. could be, <laughs> like, there are other things that all could be true. All of this is pointless. <laughs> all of this, because, like, and... If you find out that she's doing these things, what are you going to do? Right. And going back to my point where niggas are simple, like, you're, this just demonstrates to me that you have no understanding of nuance or complexity because it's like, where's the conversation about, like, okay, if you're going to be having sex, this is what should you should be doing. If you're going to be having sex, like, please be sure to look out for these things. Sex is also pleasurable. Mm-hmm. But also know that that could mean a whole bunch of other things happen. I don't know if they had those conversations, but I feel like based off your actions, I'm getting from you that you think sex is bad coming from a woman. Mm, from or a, a woman specifically. Yeah. Because he does not feel that way about his sons. And he said on the Red Table Talk that if his son got a girl pregnant... Nothing in his household would change for those nine months. He's dumb. But if his daughter came home pregnant, his household changes immediately. And my immediate thought to that was, so you don't feel like your sons have any responsibility in getting a, a girl pregnant. And you have no regard for anybody else's daughter. Right. Because their household is going to change immediately, according to your logic. So, like, your sons can just be out here slinging dick, doing whatever they want to do. And it's not a big deal. Because you what, don't feel like the baby is going to affect your sons? Because at some point it is going to, even if it does it in that first nine months. So after those nine months, then what? Then it was a big deal that your son had sex nine months ago? I'm confused. Make it make sense. And then also, how could, I mean, I could really go in. But also, again, going back to niggas are simple. To me, it sounds like overcompensating for the fact that you are a horrible person. <laughs> like, that's it. It sounds like to me, you are fearing the karma that you think is going to happen via your daughter. You think Deja going to run up on a nigga that is like you used to be. Right. Right. That's what it feels like. Like you are. That you are. Like, let's be clear. (laughs) Because you, you're, this is what was wild because in the clips I was seeing, Tiny's just sitting here with her head down, Mm -hmm. looking to the ground. That's how she was most of the time, with her (laughs) eyes rolling and just letting this nigga talk stupid. And I'm looking at Jada with the biggest side eye too, because you let this nigga come on here and act a fool. This grown ass man didn't know what the word patriarchy meant, but you let him come on your table talk and talk about how he feels the need to protect a woman's virginity. And I have had it. I have had it. And I feel like, I mean, I can't, I don't want to give her, I mean, I didn't watch it. So let me not, I don't know how I'm going to respond to when I watch it. Cause I, I don't really plan on watching it, but whatever it's, you know, anything is on the table, but I feel like <laughs> the red table talk. I feel like <laughs> with her, I think Jade is the kind of person where she's going to try to make the conversation productive. You get what I'm saying? So yeah. it's going to be like, we can sit here and I can be um, adversarial to you and tell you how I feel about the fact that this was a whole bunch of bullshit. But what is that really going to do except put you on your defenses this whole time? Let's talk about... Because it sounds... From other people who I was listening to who were talking about it, they were saying... Other people who... Yes. I was listening to talk about it. They were saying that she was trying to give him tips on like how he should approach yeah, sex. she was. Sex, the sex conversation with his daughter. And I'm like, coming from Jada... This is on brand because I feel like she's trying to figure out a way to make this productive and make this useful because she probably already realizes that everyone has dragged him for this shit. So she's like, okay, I don't know if they're cool outside of this, but let me try to offer some perspective as someone who is raising a daughter on how you can broach that conversation with them. Yeah. And I appreciate that, but it's also like drag him by his eyelashes. His eyelashes. (laughs) Hear ye, hear ye, drag him. (laughs) Because that it's wild. And I'm just, I'm over black people giving black men a lot 
because they know words. Because, <laughs> like, like, the, the bar is on the floor, y'all. If T.I. is your idea of an educated black man... We have problems. The bar is in hell. Like, <laughs> it's not just on the floor. It is at the core of the earth. What did Beyonce say in the Beyonce documentary? I got work to do. <laughs> I got a job, baby. It's, we have a job to do. We have a job to do. Because, sis, he's I supposed to be... He, he. People look to him as the leader of the culture. Right. And... I, <laughs> uh, grudge noise. I'm afraid <laughs> for the culture. Not this pterodactyl-ass <laughs> noise. I, I don't have any words. Oh, my God. But... Shout out, I heard Deja unfollow. This, this is what the streets were saying that she unfollowed them on Twitter and as she should. Because like, don't put my business out in the streets. Like, why would you put my business out in the streets, especially with the platform that you have? Like, it's not just the streets. Like, it's the world <laughs> knows my business now. The fuck, I can't. I feel. I do feel bad for her. I'm sorry. I'm talking into this cup. Like, I'm really comfortable <laughs> drinking this moscato. So we can move on to the skinny now. I don't even remember what the skinny was supposed to be. Something about dating and gaslighting ass niggas. <laughs> but like, I mean, we just talked about how niggas are simple. So that applies in the dating world as well. I mean, they really are. I'm, I guess you said that you wanted to talk about how. Yeah, because you said that you never had a, um, a situation where like somebody hid you essentially like because of your aesthetic, the way that you looked. Mm mm. That's never happened to me. I've definitely... Okay, so... <laughs> I definitely had a few encounters with some niggas, specifically in high school, where, like, we was doing things, mm. but then when we were in front of people, it was like he didn't even know I existed. Like, he specifically tried to avoid me and act like he knew who... Not who I was. He knew not who I was. Right. Well, let me... Let's let's preface this conversation by saying... Because I was thinking about this earlier. There are niggas who will date fat people and be fine and be cool and will do that publicly, have no problems, no issues. There are people who do that. There's also people who are attracted to fat people and want to have sex with fat people but don't want to date them. Mm-hmm. Publicly, because they're, I guess, they have internalized a lot of the fat phobic things and messages that they receive throughout their life. And then they care so much about what their friends are going to think about how, you know, she got this person has to look bad. This person has to look cute. This person has to fit into what is a conventional, you know, standard of beauty in order for that person to be, um, I don't know, like for that person to be considered legitimate in a relationship, whatever. And then it's like, there's this weird line, which I feel like has been my experience, where you're either just a sexual object or you have no action at all. <laughs> like, that's why I feel like my experience has been. So I wanted to preface it with that because I felt like I don't want people to think that this is the experience for all fat people where... Oh, yeah. yeah. Where if you've been hidden, that that is all fat people have experienced. I feel like, no, there are there are fat people who are dating thin, skinny, athletic, whatever, sure. conventionally attractive people. And they are having flourishing, thriving. For sure. And niggas are, like, niggas are seeking them out. They, they want a fat bitch. Yeah. I also don't feel like, though, that there were conventionally attractive looking people who were actively being hidden, you know? Mm. So I, it's not a every fat person's experience, but I do feel like it is a... Common, right? It is yeah. a fat person experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I it just want to make thing sure. that you experience when you're fat. Because I feel like people, people, skinny people think that there aren't skinny people that could wholeheartedly just be attracted to a fat person because they're fat. Oh no, I know for sure that there are. Right, and I want to make sure that that's clear. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make sure that's clear because bitch, don't think that you have me beat because I'm fat and you're skinny, bitch. Because that's, that's what, incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, what you felt to realize? Sorry, let me stop. The market research does not reflect that. <laughs> okay, because what you felt to realize, bitch, just know that I have lived a life. Okay, <laughs> a, I have life, lived a, a life. life I have lived as well. Okay, and know that just just don't do that, bitch. Don't do that. I mean, and I'm not even on some com- competition type shit, but I know that there are bitches who are like, oh, are immediately discounting the fat girls. Because they feel like, oh, well, nobody's attracted to them. When it's like... <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. Don't, don't do, do that. that. We're not going to do her. 
but then I also don't want to make it so that they're only we're only sexualizing people, fat people too, fetishizing right. them. Well, that's that's kind of where my point was coming from. That it's a like I'm attracted to you, but I I can't be attracted to you in front of my friends. And that's fucked up. Like, and then I, I mean, I've had that happen more than one nigga. And then down the line here in the future, I mean, I'm still fat, but I'm like, you know, fat and thriving now. Mm-hmm. Niggas are like, man, if I had my shit together in high school, we'd take over. We'd have taken over the world by now. And I'm like, nigga, would we? Because would we? you're still doing that shit and I'm over here thriving. So it was probably for the best that you was acting fucky back then because it it wasn't meant to be (laughs) it was not meant to be i mean in this what i was thinking about when when you brought this to me i was like i don't i can't really divorce my dating experiences from being fat Mm -hmm. but it's like i don't know if i can only attribute them to being fat because i feel like there's so many other things that contribute to it but i it's like those two things are happening at the same time because like I said, I think my experience has been the fetishizing overall. But then it's also like, am I being fetishized? That's a hard word. This word is hard, yes. Yes, fetishized. <laughs> or is it the case that I am only comfortable with se- like the whole sex thing? You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Is it, And that's hard for me to divorce because not being in a relationship partly because you feel like you're unattractive to people as a fat person, I think to me has conditioned me to be so comfortable being alone that once I started jumping into the sex pool, it was only like I'm either by myself or I'm having sex. Yeah. Not like not like an in-between where you can be dating and you can be in, an, in a relationship or you can be seeking a connection with someone else still while fat, still while happy, but... You are still having sex, but you're not alone. And I think that that whole concept is completely the fuck foreign to me because it's never happened to me. <laughs> never. So I don't know how to act. Like, Do you feel like that's a you thing or like a gay man thing? Because I feel like do girl. gay men have relationships? Like, is that a thing? <laughs> because lesbians are in a relationship two minutes into the first date. Girl. I mean, it, it, like I said, there could be a lot of factors. That's why I can't really necessarily say it's only just being a fat person. It also could be the the pool the pool is very limited when you start talking about different identifying identity categories because okay i am black who i'm a black person who really and this is no shade to you know the white listeners the the two of them that there are <laughs> this is no shade to y'all but i don't seek out dating white people i'm not opposed to it if a white man came up to me and was like you know trying to talk that talk and i thought that <laughs> he was cute fat. Mm, I was, <laughs> oh, you should have seen my face. I'm putting this on cameras. If, I, if a white man ever said to me that ass is fat, I'm throwing every phone, every cellular device that I can have access to. However, comma. But as a, a, a black gay man who's interested in dating other black gay men, but then who's also fat, your pool is very limited. It becomes very, very, you know, yeah. hard to date. So I think I just go into it with the expectation of, like, I don't plan on finding anyone. Oh. And, I mean, that's okay. And, and it's crazy because when I think about my future, I don't want to make this about me, but when I think about, and maybe this is something I need to work out in therapy, when I think about my future and the things I want for myself, marriage, romance, intimacy are not part of that. They're not things that I'm like, setting goals for well i mean that's not that's that's not for everybody so you could be one of those people that that's not oprah is very happy by herself and bitch i'm like i want that okay (laughs) i want that i want there to be a nigga who like is in my house who can protect me from the killer (laughs) i mean you could get an alarm system for that or i can get a do dirt nigga who you know does shit you know get a large dog to protect you from the killer or a security guard yeah. Or four of them who are fine. However, <laughs> but like I like their I like their arrangement. I like the fact that they I'm assuming have like an intimate emotional connection, but like also love their space. Somebody asked her about marriage, she was like, I don't want this man in my house. And I'm like <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I don't want them in my house either. Who 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 are you? And why are you here? <laughs> How did we get here? 
Nobody is supposed to be here. Every episode is <laughs> relevant. But I, I don't see, when I th- envision my future, marriage and that kind of thing aren't a part of it. But I don't think it's because I don't want those things. And as much as it is, it's very difficult for me to kind of see myself in those contexts because I've never been in them. And I don't know if that's a part of me being fat that contributes to that, or is it just me, my own psyche, <laughs> which is can't be divorced from being fat because that's literally my, been my life experience. Like, I think growing up fat, you really, I, to me, I automatically assumed that no one would be attracted to me. So it was like, no, okay. I, 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 I identify with that. You just assume that nobody's going to be, because that's what you're told. Yeah. So it's like, you assume that no one's going to be attracted to you, so dating was something that I always felt like was like, well, bitch, why are you caring about that? Because nobody's going to be attracted to you. Right. So you learn to, when you learn to like yourself and you love yourself without someone, you're like, bitch, I don't want to give that up because niggas are giving me attention now. That was what was so fucked up about the niggas in high school who were like, oh, well, but wait, I'm attracted to you in the dark. Cause it's like, I'm sitting here like the lowest self-esteem, like nobody's going to be attracted to me. Like I, I don't have to worry about any of that. Right. And then here comes this fuck nigga <laughs> who's like, but wait, I'm attracted to you, but only when we're alone. So then it's like, so what the fuck is my self-esteem now? Cause like niggas is attracted to me, but not in the light. Like we not stepping into the light, Carol Ann. So right. Carol it Ann. It was real. High school was such a fucked up time. It's really horrible. And I completely get what you're saying. Cause it's so that's such a mind fuck because it's like start you start to associate value with like the this kind of like subversive subcultural attention like it's kind yeah. of like attention it's attention that you're receiving that's romantic that's intimate that's based in sex that has nothing to do with dating so it's kind of, it's attention but it's almost like negative attention right and then you end up seeking that same attention mm-hmm. in that same way though so like you're like oh, I can go have sex with this nigga, this nigga, this nigga, this nigga, and then never have to talk to them in the daytime. And that's totally fine. I'm just I'm just out here pulling niggas. Like, I really got it. And that is a fucked up sense of mind to be in as well. Literally strumming my pain with his <laughs> finger, okay? Singing my life with his words, bitch. Killing me softly. You are literally saying, my, saying things about me on this podcast today, <laughs> okay? I feel like we're talking about me. I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> we weren't, though. We were talking about me. Right. <laughs> But that's literally been that's that's I feel like that's a common experience. And but you're not building any intellectual or emotional connections with anybody mm-mm. or with, with any of these niggas, especially because you're just a sex object to them. Right. And you're telling yourself that they're just sex objects to you. But for me at least, it was always a but what else? Like what else is there? And I, I this isn't enough. So like what what do I need to be in order to get the other things? Right. And that's kind of where I am at now. Do you feel like it's bad to to be fetishized? Not if you're consenting to it, no. Right. Okay. Because you took the, you took the second part of the, the statement. Okay. Because yes. <laughs> I was going to say, like, I'm not going to lie and say that the attention that I get from men, I don't enjoy. Agree. I'm also a Leo. So, boom. That if, for anyone who's listening who knows anything about astrology, Leos are... No, I don't think Leos are attention-seeking. I just think niggas gravitate towards us. I think you enjoy the affirmations. Like mm-hmm. the... And that's one of my mm-hmm. love language, too. Words of affirmation. But um, it's my top... It's one of my top ones. That It's that one in um, Touch are my two... Yeah, physical touch is mine. As a Pisces, I really enjoy attention in any form, so... <laughs> so to me (laughs) so and i feel like because i'm getting this attention it's in in when you're in a situation where you're getting attention and you're lonely or you're alone let me say that when you're alone and you're alone seeking companionship with other people i think it becomes like you said really tricky to to reconcile your own personal, like your own personal self-esteem in this. Like, am I, how, how, what is this attention that I'm getting? Is is this attention that I'm getting attention that I want or attention that is going to parlay into a meaningful connection with someone? Or is this attention that is only rooted in sex 
And depending on your mindset and where you are in your life, that may be sufficient. Yeah. That may be sufficient. I think And that's fine. I feel like um sex workers are consensual sex objects. Right. Like they build their life's work off of that. That's how they feed themselves is being a sex object. I feel like as long as you are okay with it and you understand what comes with it, you're an adult. You can make your own choices. You can make your own choices. But I think it's it's challenging for fat people because I, I just wish it wasn't so extreme. You yeah. get what I'm saying? Yeah. I wish it was a case where I like I preface the conversation with there are people who legitimately seek out dating relationships with fat people, not only because they're fat, but because they have meaningful connections with them. Or it could be the case that they're it started out as a fetish, then the uh Commitment developed yeah, yeah. and a relationship developed and a connection developed. But I feel like I don't see that as much as I want to. Yeah. You also have to be honest with yourself and know your self-worth. Because if it's a, I'm okay with being, not you specifically, but mm-hmm. if it's a, uh, I'm okay with being a sex object, specifically as a fat person, to nigga A, nigga B, and nigga C. And that's all I, That's all that I'm expecting. That's all I want, whatever. But mm-hmm. deep down you're like, but I would really like an emotional connection or I would really like to be seen as someone who is deserving of an emotional connection, then that's not the lane that you need to be in. It's not a... Mm-hmm. Like, you have to be honest with yourself and take care of yourself first. Mm-hmm. You have to know yourself and your self-worth before you can decide like things You are like really that. saying things that are pointed to me about me <laughs> during this podcast. No. I wasn't, but, like, if the shoe fits, <laughs> if it wear that bitch. <laughs> what, is they, what do they say? A hit dog will holler. Amen. Oh, okay, bitch. <laughs> I mean, and that's the thing that I'm struggling with because being fat sometimes can be really fucking lonely. Like, it can be really lonely. And I I think things become muddy, things become confusing when you're lonely and you're still trying, you're still interacting with people. Yes, bitch, because I let a lot of niggas do a lot of dumb shit to me Mm -hmm. for the sake of continuing to get that little bit of attention that I was getting. Girl. Girl. And looking back on it, it was so not worth it. Like I, one nigga specifically cheated on me so many times and it was, and I knew about it all of the time. Mm. And I was just like, this is fine. Cause she's still coming back to me. But like, no, no, it's not okay. It's not. I mean, it's not okay. If, if as a part of your personal policies, your values, that's something that's not okay. Right. If you're not okay with it, it's not okay. It's not okay. <laughs> and telling myself that I'm, I was okay with it for the sake of, you know, spending every every third night with her because she had two other bitches that she was spending time with mm. was just it's insane to me to think about. Like I I did not know my self worth back then. I'm worth much more. Oh my gosh, girl! And I'm I think I'm trying to develop a little bit more, atten- pay more attention to that. But it's challenging when you're trying to do that while simultaneously like interact with other people. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I think like we have already discussed. The attention that you're getting, and I'm not saying, I don't want to say negative attention because it's not like I'm doing anything disparaging to myself. It feels like I'm not doing anything that's like diminishing who I am as a person in any capacity, but it's attention and it's attention associated with my body. And I am understanding this attention. And even it's crazy because it's like I knowingly know what's going on, but still kind of fall into those same traps. Yeah. Of like, Oh, this is this feels so good. I'm getting kind of like a high off this. This yeah, feels really, uh, really. Drugs are a thing, and they are hard to kick. Right. And attention is a drug, especially when it's the type of attention that you're not used to getting, or you got once and it felt great, and now you want to try to. to oh chase my that. god! This conversation. <laughs> oh my god! I did not know I was coming to church on this day. What I don't is- even know what happened to this episode. This is not where we where we meant to take this. But I think it's all of it is so applicable because, you, like we said, dating as a fat person, I think there's a lot of extremes. It's it's like you're lonely a lot, and if you're lonely a lot, then you you learn how to be alone and be by yourself for mm-hmm. a long period of time. And it's like people people sleep on this as an explanation for why people aren't in relationships. But I think a lot of people don't know how to be, don't know how to be, don't know how to be emotionally vulnerable, don't know how to date, don't know how to be intimate, don't know how to flirt, don't know how to talk to niggas. Yeah, don't even know how to approach somebody else. So in that capacity, so that these are all habits that are forming over time. Mm -hmm. So your guards up or your, like one of the things I think that I experience as a fat person specifically who dates is I can be my own self-saboteur in that, 
I'm constantly fearful of like someone not liking me, not loving me, falling, like wanting to, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like wanting to pack me up, like not want to be with me anymore because they'll see me, they'll see my fat body in a way that's not attractive to them. Mm-hmm. Like that is a legitimate fear of mine. Like one one day I'm not going to be attractive to this person or this person is not going to think that I'm attractive. So like we talked about when we talked about the dating before is that a lot of times I often have to like, is fat okay? Yeah. The thing is the person who I don't want to say you're meant to be with because I don't know if I completely believe in like fate and all that shit when it comes to love. Mm. But the, the type of person that you are meant to have that sort of connection with or that you are capable of having that sort of connection with is not going to care or is going to really enjoy it. Mm. And I hear that and I believe that, but it's like, do I really? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's it's a hard concept to grasp. I get that. mm -hmm. I also have been in a monogamous committed relationship for almost five years. And you're a, you're a monogamous down. Yeah. Well, I'm, you know what they say about lesbians. You're a serial monogamist. And I'm like, bitch, I need to be a lesbian, okay? I'm really about to be out here getting these. I'm not even a lesbian. I'm pansexual for the record. Um, yes, but. Come on, for the record. Yeah, I've been in a lot of monogamous relationships. None mm-hmm. as long as this one and none as like deep as this one. So it is also, you have to take what I'm saying with a grain of salt because I have not been in the dating world for a moment. I don't know exactly what it's like but i do know what it's like to be fat (laughs) okay (laughs) so i can imagine the interactions with people in that capacity because i still have moments when i'm like is my nigga gonna be okay with my body and he has seen this same body for five years so and it's hard and it's like like I said, I wholeheartedly believe these things to be true. That there's gonna, I'm gonna encounter someone who is gonna be okay with my body in whatever way that it is, but specifically how it is now, because that's the only way I can think about myself is <laughs> how I am now. Who's gonna be okay with my body and is not going to like if my body looks a specific specific way because I lean over yeah. or something doesn't fit appropriately or fits the way that he thinks it should fit, that he's going to break up with me because of that. Like, these are things that I think of when I think about my fear of, like, someone leaving me because I'm fat. Like, that's- Do you feel like that would happen to you for another person? Like, if you were with another fat person? Do you mm-hmm. feel like there would be a position that they could sit in that would make you be like, ooh, I don't like this anymore? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I don't think I don't think that that would ever happen to me because I know the the type of person that I am. When I'm once I'm getting to the level of like we have a meaningful connection, we're dating, we're talking. I've already gotten past to the point where it's like I'm attracted to you. You get know what right. I'm saying? Me like you being cute, you being fine, you being cute to me really only allows you to submit the application. Right. That only goes so far. It only goes so because niggas can be so fine, but then you cannot say words. <laughs> like you, I don't understand why you can't talk to anybody. Or you don't know what words like patriarchy mean. Looking at you, T.I. Like, yes! Exclamation point. Like, I don't understand how you have navigated this world where you're just mumbling. Like, (laughs) there was a time where I would give a lot to a nigga because he was cute. Cute is cute, but like, holding a conversation is important. And that's what I'm saying. How am I going to get to know you if I can't talk to you? So, using what you just said to me about would there ever come a point in time where I wouldn't where I would fall, become unattracted to someone because they're fat and then they leaned a specific way or they didn't look good in something or whatever, To in my opinion, I, it wouldn't come up in a situation where that would make me completely just throw everything away because of that. Yeah. Even though in my mind, it's going to happen to me. Yeah, but my point in saying that was mm-hmm. if you feel that way, the way that you just said you feel, mm-hmm. the person or persons that you are supposed to be in contact with in that way are also going to feel that way. Mm-hmm. It is cap- It is possible for other niggas to feel that way because you feel that way. Yeah. There are times when, like, I know that I don't look great. Mm-hmm. Like, I filmed a video yesterday and my hair was crazy the entire video. And I was editing it like, why do you look like that, <laughs> sis? 
but like there are also times when it didn't even look crazy. It looked crazy. (laughs) There are also times when I am like Instagram baddie down. So like it's not for me. It's not always about physical. There are times when it can be about physical, but then there are times when it's about other things. Yeah, it's and it's hard. Be I really it really affects your psyche and your capacity to be vulnerable, to put yourself out there, to be willing to even try to connect with someone because it's like I don't I'm so overthinking and you know um putting this potential response to how I look on a pedestal so much so that I don't even want to encounter anything close to that I'm not saying that that's how I am now but that's how because right now I'm practicing intentional vulnerability in that I'm putting myself in positions where I wouldn't otherwise do it because I know that I need to kind of unlearn those habits. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm not a person who likes to talk on the phone to men. <laughs> I'd rather just keep everything via text message. But I know that's like, niggas will be like, oh, let me call you. Yeah. And I'm like... It's also another level of, like, intimacy. It's a... You're not just getting texts in a thread. You're getting my voice, the inflection. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> the social anxiety, bitch. <laughs> but then now I'm like, okay. Okay, well, I just say yes really quickly before I think about it. And then he'll call me and he'll be like, oh, I like the way your voice sounds. And I'm like, ah, don't say things like that to me, child, because I don't know how to act. Okay. But yeah, that's dating. Yeah. All right. Well, that was a cute little conversation. Do you have a weekly consumption? I do have a weekly consumption. And I hope they sponsor me at some point in my life because I use them religiously. Ooh. Metamucil. <laughs> oh. <laughs> My God. Madam Musil, bitch, you have really <laughs> been that bitch during this Thanksgiving season. Come okay. On. Because as someone who participates in okay, so let me just okay, backstory. The reason I take fiber supplements is because A, I want to be regular, mm-hmm. which is important to me because I realize when I'm not, I'm moody. Okay. That's it. I I don't know what the correlation is, but I realize I'm just moody. And then I also kind of like being able to forecast when that's going to happen so I can plan for other things. You see where I'm going here? Yes, I do. As someone who participates in, for people who don't, as someone who participates (laughs) in (laughs) anal activity, I need to be able to, you know, stick and move. Okay. I need to be. (laughs) I. Have had it. <laughs> I, I need to be able to stick a move. I need to know when things are going to happen, when things can happen, because things, you know, it's a production. Okay? it's I can't just... I, I'm not that girl who can just go and do something. I have to be, look... Prepared. Okay? Be prepared. <laughs> I have to really prepare myself. So one of the things that aids me in that is someone who's not, like, on kind of like a, a you know, grass and dirt and um, twig diet... I need something that's going to help aid me in just kind of getting that fiber. In terms of how my body responded to it, it it works in that I am regular every single day by clockwork. As soon as I wake up, move out the way, bitch. Okay, (laughs) move out the way because, you know, remember that scene in White Chicks? Move, bitch. That's me. I need you to move out the way because things are happening every day. Every day. That's been my experience. Metamucil. I'm. I'm. I'm I would be in commercials. Okay. Come on, commercials. <laughs> I would do commercials. I would do a testimony on this here today about how this shit is <laughs> has changed my life. It also promotes digestive health. It also promotes like um. It lowers your cholesterol. Like these are all things that it says on the bottle. And it's the number one um doctor brand. Come on, Metamucil. And I'm really out here giving them if some air time. Okay. Yes. Some some advertising, but they're. I want them to sponsor me, low-key. That's my weekly consumption. Okay. Mine is Groupon. Okay. I feel like y'all know what Groupon is. And if you don't know what Groupon is, where you been? Download it. It's where you get all the good stuff at a discounted price. Not crazy discounted like a wish, but like a good discount for some good quality stuff. Mm-hmm. I recently got... Pregnant. No. And I'm not <laughs> sure how Groupon would help me with that. <laughs> No, I got um, a Christmas present for Babe, and I'm not going to say what it is because Babe is going to listen to this, but it was very expensive on the original site, Mm -hmm. much less expensive on Groupon, like 
like 65% less expensive on Groupon for the same product. And it's here and I've tested it and it's great quality. Okay. Cause you took the word from my mouth. You knew the question I was going to ask. I'm like, mm. I mean, you have to be careful. Obviously you don't want to buy from Groupon from like a Chinese vendor. Cause you, that runs the gambit. Mm-hmm. But this was like the same product from the original site just they had it listed on Groupon. Oh wow, sixty-five. That's a serious discount, child. It was great. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy. <laughs> I would also like to give a, a a very quick shout out to my grandma. I don't know if she listens to these podcasts. It's probably for the best that she doesn't. Right. But she makes I would prefer this. That she doesn't. <laughs> she makes this apple pound cake every year for the Ooh. holidays, and she puts like nuts and raisins in it. It is my favorite thing in the world. Grandma, and she made me a whole one for Thanksgiving, and I've been in love ever since with the cake. I mean, I, I love my grandma. She knows that. But I'm Aww. in love with the cake. Grandma, I love you down. What I would prefer, <laughs> however, is that if you're going to make me this cake, I need it to be without the raisins. I'm not really a raisin. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a raisin either, but in this cake, it'll It's do. good in the cake. Mm-hmm. Hold the raisin. Could you get, make me a small... Can you make me a muffin? Can you make me a cupcake? <laughs> a muffin. A cupcake without the raisin because... Mm, I'm not really a raisin. It's delicious. Even though sometimes I will go up for a raisin bran. See, no, you've lost me. <laughs> I could go for a raisin bran without the raisins. The so flakes you could go for are what makes it. A cornflake. But it's not <laughs> It's not a cornflake. It's like an oat bran flake. I like those. But without the raisin. The raisin ruins it. Raisin bran is really textured. Like. That's what I like. I like that I can taste the, the fiber, the twigs, and the dirt in it. Mm-mm. That's the best part. The, it gets really good if you let it sit in the milk with the ice cube for a little minute. I want to leave. For those of you who dragged me for episode zero, where I said I like to put ice cubes in my cereal, I just want to make it known that rapper the baby does the same thing. And when he at, when asked why, he said, "Because I like it really cold," which was also my exact answer. So fuck all y'all. Can I just say one thing? No. That's it for the show, guys. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Bye. Goodbye.